Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. I'm Austin Ryan, along with Ben Lunn, our co-host today. How's it going, Ben? Great. Hey, we're talking about tracks today. And uh, we're going to help you do more with less because a lot of people talk about whether you use tracks or don't use tracks. It's kind of like one of those things, to be or not to be. It's to track or not to track your services. Or should you use pads? Or should you just use clicks? Or should you do none of it? Or whatever. And a little bit of background on that, I think, Ben, from my perspective on this, is that it seemed like for, for a while, every single big church with a full band was using tracks. Like a hundred percent of them. And then that kind of started to trickle down into some of the smaller churches. Yep. Uh, they started using, uh, full tracks or at least some aspect of the tracks and pretty much a ton of churches, even tiny churches with no bands at all. Um, but maybe one player or something even started to implement in their services. Um, and I know that other people though, on the other hand, are kind of overwhelmed by that worship leaders who maybe don't even know, like, what do I do? How does this work? I'm not sure if this is good for my church. Maybe people freak out. Maybe I don't know what to plug in. How does, you know, I don't even know the technology for it. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the argument, and this is, I've had several people, musicians (laughs) talk to me about this a lot is very passionate about it is that, uh, some musicians who play in churches don't like them. Yeah. Even, you know, they just don't. They don't like them. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit as we kind of go through this. Yeah. But so we want to just talk about this from all kinds of all kinds of sides. Uh, And so we'll get into that. We're going to talk about reasons to use tracks and we're going to talk about reasons not to use tracks. And there's about the same number of those. So I don't know, Ben, what do you just uh, in general as we kind of start having this conversation? I, just so that we get some clarity on the conversation, uh, what were you going to say? First of all, I was going to say like, yeah, I think the question becomes like, why, why do you want to use tracks? Yeah. Like, because, because there's a lot of different reasons people want to use tracks. And, you know, if, if the idea is you want to use tracks because, uh, you, th- you think that like, it'll, it'll make you sound cooler or I don't know, it's the cool thing to do, or, uh, you know, it's going to make you better. But, you know, it's it, approaching it less from the standpoint of like, it's going to make me a better musician or whatever, because it doesn't, it, there's still the practice. You still have to get good. You still got to build a team. You still got to, you know, if, if it's an excuse to like not be good, not build a team, not, I would definitely a hundred percent recommend don't, don't start using tracks. Mm, okay. You know, and, and. I think there's a place of going, it'll help enhance my experience with, with what we're doing. And I can build a team and do stuff with it. It'll help make our services, you know, sound a little bit better. I think that's helpful, but I think using it as, as a crutch in the sense that it's like, I, I, we're not trying to get better. We're not trying to, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's where I see a lot of guys uh, make the mistake is, is it's, it's, and we, we, we use tracks, we use clicks and pads, we've used tracks, all that kind of stuff over the years. But it's always with this intent of like, we want to keep getting better at what we do. It's not a, right. it's not a bandaid over a problem for our ministry. It's, it's, it's something to help enhance. And I think it's kind of more the perspective coming into how, how do I want to use tracks? That's really good, man. Cause I have definitely seen that Ben in churches that where we've, you know, kind of gone in and helped out and stuff where 
you know, you just ask the philosophy question. Yeah. I'm always asking, oh, it's cool. You just use these tracks. Tell me what led to that. Like, how are you guys using it? And when they strip it back, I mean, there's a lot of good reasons. We'll talk about that. But when you strip it back, there are some leaders who have said to me, you know, people quit wanting to practice on Thursday nights. And so it's easier on Sunday mornings if we go ahead and have the track, because then even if somebody's not prepared, it's still going to be good. I'm like, right. wait a minute, what happened to our values here? You know, yeah. we kind of <laughs> we lost something along the way. Yeah. I was, I think that, I think that, that, Tracks can be used in hand with values, and and, yeah. and I think it's the probably the best place to use them is knowing that you're getting better, and knowing that you're not using it just to prop up something that's broken, but you're 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 getting better as a team, you're growing as a team, your tech team, all that kind of stuff can handle it. But you know, you can also keep your values. There was a there was a planter the other day that hasn't started having services yet, but he reached out to me like he does to you know people do to you a lot, Ben, and it's like, hey, we need to get a worship leader. We're going to start our church soon, blah blah blah. And we started having that conversation, and I was like, what are you looking for? So he goes through his laundry list of exactly what he would like mm-hmm. to try to find, and one of the things on his list that I haven't really heard that often was, I want this guy to be um, really good at Ableton, like proficient mm-hmm. at Ableton, and I was like, oh okay. That's really specific. Can you tell me about that a little bit? And um, he's just like, well, I mean, we need to start with tracks day one. And then you didn't understand how that works and building in and all this kind of stuff. And my next conversation uh, is going to be to to unpack that a little bit more, you know, Mm -hmm. to understand because it could just be, well, because the church I came from did tracks. Every church does tracks. That's we have to do tracks. We don't do traction on church, whatever. So anyway, it sounds like we're already coming up with a conclusion here, but we're not. So let's talk about some reasons. We're going to get really specific. Ben, help us out here. What are some reasons that my church (laughs) might want to use tracks? So I would say that they, they sound great. You know, I think we're (laughs) at the place of technology and stuff where, it doesn't quite have that karaoke sound mm-hmm. to it, you know, that that might have used to have had. But I think that just the fact that, man, they they sound great, like they add a lot of value in the sense of. And I think I think too, it, from a music standpoint, one of the things that it helps enhance is just those pockets. Those, mm-hmm. if you're a part of a band and you've got like acoustic, like let's say your band is you know guitar, bass, and drums. You know, it's super simple, and what what the the pads and tracks can do is kind of fill those voids that you're missing between highs, lows, you know, percussion. And so it'll definitely help you fill that space out a lot better. Some people may not know the answer to this question, Ben. So let me just ask you and you can explain it. But some, some people who haven't used tracks may think that it's the entire track. Like you're playing an old school cassette track or something that you're playing on top of, but that's not it at all. Right. No, and and the way they have tracks now, especially through places like multi tracks, is you have essentially, you know, when you download, you know, if you go on their website and you, uh, all right, let's pick out, um, you know, um, I, I'm like blanking on a song right now. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something. Any song? That, any song. Um, um, any any worship song right now. Um, okay. Let's uh, let's let's do let's do how he loves. It seems the least controversial, right? And so <laughs> you've got you you might have thirty six instruments, and they they say instruments because you might have a couple vocal layers in there. You might have a couple piano layers in there, or some you know two guitars or three guitars in there. And as especially as the newer songs happen, there's definitely lots of layers of guitars and mm-hmm. some of them, you know, and you just, you look through the whole thing, you play the whole thing and you don't have to use everything. You could use just 
you know, you could take the drums out, you can take the bass out, you can take other things and you get to kind of piecemeal together uh, a song that is good for the environment that you're in. Right. And I want to address something too with that. And we've talked about this before, Austin, because a lot of people talk to us about doing tracks is because, you know, one of the things is cover those instruments that you have and you don't have um, versus the ones you don't have. But one of the things that we say, especially when it comes into tracks of trying to fill out a space, like, um, you know, we see on average add an instrument every 20 to 30 people, you know, like that should kind of, that, that feels good for a room. Like churches who are like, we need a full band day one in my living room, 15 people. And I'm like, that's, that's the band. Like, that's like the, right. your half the your whole band church is, is the band, right? The whole church is the band. And so we, we try to talk them off that ledge because is that if that's setting a precedent that that's hard to replicate for weeks and weeks, if you're launching a church, if you're a church of 50 people, you may only need a three piece, four piece band to really make that work, you know, right. guitar, bass, drums, and vocals, maybe, you know, maybe adding something later, but this is where, where tracks can kind of, kind of, kind of help supplement for those churches in those categories that don't have enough people to jump in just yet. And as you're building that, you, you know, you can do that, but don't feel like, you know, you're a church that's just getting started. So you have to have all the tracks playing with a vo- just a single vocalist. You can figure things out and add more as you go. Yeah, I love that about the technology. It's so good. So, you, so when it sounds amazing, it really does make your band sound better. It covers yep. instruments you don't have. And then I want to just say also, it covers instruments that you do have, but you need some more time developing. So yeah. sometimes you've got a, you know, there's an acoustic guitar player that you're training and they're doing really good, but they're not quite there yet to just kind of add in a little bit more acoustic into that mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, not completely covering that person up maybe, or maybe you are for a while, but they're getting used to being on stage and they're getting used to practicing and they're getting used to, you know, not being nervous and all that kind of stuff. Then maybe you just kind of supplement them a little bit. Um, what's another one? I know, I know like for a lot of like, especially if you're using planning center and you're in the worship leader world yeah, that, you know, the stress of someone declining the night before on Facebook, or I was sorry, on bump planning center, you know, tends to, you know, be a, be a worry, but having, having, having the ability to go in and go, okay, so-and-so just called out this morning, you know, I've got somebody, you know, this is our, this is our backup, you know, yeah. you, you, you're allowed to, to have somebody else in there. And so yeah, that's I think re- that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. When that, uh, when that acoustic guitar player didn't show up, it's like, okay, yep. no problem. Turn it yep. up, turn the acoustic up. Love yep. it. And then one last thing I'll say about this. And then Ben, I want to ask you about why not to use tracks, but another really great things that tracks do and why you should use them sometimes is it, it does create more energy in the room. Um, I know that sometimes if you're listening to this podcast, you may only have two or three people on your team that play at one time, like Ben said a minute ago. And, it, and it's hard to sometimes develop energy, but man, tracks with the yeah. full, full kit and the, all different, you know, electric, electric guitar or this keyboard pad or whatever it like the electronic sound, it's hard to replicate. Those things really do add more energy to what you're doing and help people like be in the, in the moment, maybe more emotionally, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. So those are great reasons to use tracks and man, we are all in on all those reasons. They're awesome. So let's talk about some reasons not to use tracks. I think one of them is, is, is there is a, there's a fee to it, right? There's a cost Mm -hmm. to to using these. And I think that I think on average, most of the multi-track songs are about 35 bucks a piece, you know, but you own, you own that version forever. Other have other options that are like, you know, you could do a subscription based stuff. 
Um, as well, you know, I think with, uh, we use, we currently use a program that plays loops, but we buy the loops or we buy the the pads for the, from the loop, uh, community website. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. I think to get all the arrangement styles we want, it's about 25 bucks. That was a flat, but there, here's the thing. It's just, there's a, there's a wide array of, of cost and fees to it, depending on what you want to get out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you want all those pieces, it's going to cost you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. to do that. And so just taking that into consideration that maybe you're starting off with just one track, you know, and then you figure out the rest. Yeah. There's also the technology, uh, investment from the beginning that yeah. you'll talk about here in just a little bit. Yep. Um, another reason to not use tracks that I thought about was that, uh, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but sometimes band members who are good feel slighted sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and I've talked to several guys that are like this, that are, look, I'm playing bass and I'm playing pretty good. Why do we have a bass in the mix? Mm-hmm. You know, or I'm playing some guitar parts that are pretty cool. Why do we have a guitar part in the mix? I'm getting covered up or do you not trust me to play well? Or what is it? And usually yeah. if you have somebody playing, you don't also have that same thing they're playing in the, in the mix. Right. But sometimes it feels like they're in the mix, even if they're not, because it's just like you don't have the space that they're u- that m- good musicians are used to having to play mm-hmm. in because it's more covered up. And now they're having to play less to fit into everything else that's going on musically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's just, yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of people that, that might see it as like a less professional thing, but I, I would just encourage people across the spectrum everybody uses you know from your top tier guys to your your mid-tier musicians and things like that it's a pretty widely used thing right but yeah there's definitely a way of communicating make sure you're, you're i think just keeping those lines of communication open with your team to make yeah. sure hey we're, we're cool with this you know we're doing this but we'll talk about how you're feeling about it just to make sure that there's none of that there's there's no harboring of that keep that unity as we say yeah for sure um, I think one other thing too is, you know, with, with tracks, you, you have to play with a click and, and if that's mm-hmm. very new to you, I would start there. Like I would start with, with just having a click, you can probably get a free one, you know, from the app store and use your phone or some kind of thing, but having your drummer and the band play to a click, everybody, not just the drummer, everybody has to hear the click because it all has to be in time and in sequence. And so that's where I, that's where I think people kind of fall off the rails is because it's a learning curve for, uh, for drummers. It's a learning curve for musicians, but it's something that, that you can do. I've, I, we've trained lots of drummers through the years to, to use click and to, and to understand how it works and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it, it helps, but you, it's an, it's a necessary thing, but again, it's a skill level you have to w- walk into. Yeah. Especially drummers. Yeah, You know, cause the rest of musicians that have ever played in a band are used to playing with a drummer, yeah. but the drummer's not used to playing with a click, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, uh, a couple other things that are just kind of quick ones. Another reason not to use a track or to not use tracks is it can overwhelm small rooms. Mm-hmm. Like you're, if you're in a small room and you're trying to add in the 42 channel track, <laughs> that's too much, you know, maybe parts of the track you can, but it, it is overwhelming. Even though it sounds good, it's going to be like, whoa, there's 17 people here. This feels weird. Yeah. And it also feels canned. You know, it, it does. If you've got three people on stage and you got a 17 piece orchestra playing something, you know, that can feel not authentic. Now, I do believe that the way that you experience m- music that's tracked is as long as there's one or two live musicians on stage, mm-hmm. then then the room feels live. Yeah. Okay. 
a hundred percent track, it feels like you just started a track. Mm-hmm. But if, as long as there's something going on musically on stage that's actually coming through the speakers uh, instrumentally, I feel like yeah. it's not as bad. But still, it can sound canned. Sure. It can feel canned. Yeah, and the like in. One of the things that we're going to talk about, this is kind of one of the points is the ability to be spontaneous or those kind of things. Yeah. Feels like you can get the window, you know, or, or it feels very karaoke ish in the sense of like it's, you know, start, finish, the, the vocal guide guides you through the whole song, all that yeah. stuff. And a small caveat to that is, uh, you know, whether you call this a, a reason for or against it, there is a level where you can get to be spontaneous with that, where you can program, you know, you got to go in there and do that. Now uh, the guy who works with me does this, not me. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm, I'm smart, but it, that's the thing is, is it could be a, a it could be a side of, Oh, I want to try and learn this so I can use tracks or that's, that's a deterrent for me because I want to be spontaneous, but I don't want to have to go in and learn all that stuff. But just knowing ahead of time that it's, it's doable and there's, loop pedals and things like that that you can program that can help go back to the chorus or do a verse or go to a pad you know there's ways to make it work but there is a a large learning curve to to get to that point yeah for sure um yeah that's a huge reason to not use tracks uh if you're a free bird as some people say in their worship leading it does make it challenging if you want to stop and talk for for a couple minutes or pray in the middle of a song or whatever it, it it is a challenge yeah um and then the last thing I would say about that before we get into some of the how to's on this, if you decide you want to use some tracks is, um, one of the downsides of using tracks is that it takes away the urgency sometimes to find and develop new musicians. You know, um, it used to be that you were, Oh my gosh, we're dying. We got to go out there and beat the bushes and try to find a drummer. Uh, no, we don't. We'll just mm-hmm. hit play on the track. We don't, you know, we have a econo band over here. This guy's only $35 for this one song. I get all the parts. He's this is so cheap. But um yep. So if you get too reliant on that then maybe you're not out really trying to develop new musicians and you know get people using their gifts for God. So. Yeah. No, and just to add a little bit to that too. I think, you know, the musicians that are in the crowd coming to your church and you're not asking, you're making that ask because people people will go, "Oh, they they've got the spot. They're they're using yep. this. I I do not need it." But I think if you use tracks, you just have to over communicate that you're still building a team and you need those people to play with you. Uh, that's strong. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And that's another part of it. I hadn't thought about that much either, Ben. But um, even if they do, let's say you're communicating that and you're sent, you've been using, let's say, a lead guitar part that's off of a track. But then you have an electric guitar player that you've been begging, hey, we need guitar players. And this guitar player comes and you want him to play on the team, but he's not as good as the track. Right. So now you mute the track, bring up the live guy and the music quality just went down. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to process on that, you know, and, and a lot of the values, like what's most important here, you know, is, is perfect sound more important? Is people involved more important? How do we blend those things? It's a lot to mm-hmm. think about. Yep. All right. So let's talk about um, how do we, what, so you decide, hey, we want to dip our toe in this. We want to add some tracks to our service. So what is needed? What do we need to make, make tracks work? For sure. I think that there are a couple ways of doing this. In my mind, I have like tier levels of like, of, of we can do this on the cheap versus like we want to go all in. Okay. And I think, I think, you know, the cheap route is um, a lot of these places like, like, Loop community and multi-tracks have these app, these apps on your iPad. So if you're like church planter and you've got 
a super small budget for this, like that is my tier to a recommendation of, Hey, you need an, an iPad and you need this app uh, from multi-tracks or loop community. And, and once you buy that track, it loads on the iPad and you hit play and it's learning, you know, it, it's, it's low on the learning tier, but again, you can still customize and do some small stuff, but you don't get to kind of tweak as much as you, maybe you'd like. So there's, there's that side to it. Um, as well. And obviously what you'll also need kind of coming from the board is something that will split the signal because you have with all tracks, you have to split the signal between left and right because one pet, one track is panning for your click. So that comes back to your ears. So it's going from the iPad to the board, back to your ears. So you can keep track of what you're doing and also the actual music and the pads and all that stuff. So Mm. we call it clicking guide on one side of your ears and you've got your um, the rest of the music on the other. I think the next tier up um, is kind of just going all in. You've got a laptop or a computer with uh, that's going to run your Ableton, um, where you can go to multi-track to download that kind of stuff. So you'll need the Ableton uh, um, app. You'll need uh, a whole laptop. You'll need that whole setup. And on top of that, you'll need to factor in the cost of buying tracks every single uh, week, whether you want to go, Hey, we want to own these tracks or we want to essentially rent them almost like treat it like a subscription, um, like a Netflix kind of thing where yep. we pick four or five songs a month or, and you know, we just get to pick those ones or every week. So, um, but those are options as well. But, you know, if, if you want to go all in, you're going to need the laptop in the Ableton, uh, to make it as customizable as possible. Right. Yeah, totally. And the, the, really the, the most challenging part of this is to figure out how to do in-ears if you don't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, cause there's a couple of different ways to do that. Everything else is pretty simple. Um, if you need some help with that, uh, here in the, in the show notes, we've got the email address of our tech guy for worship catalyst, Mike and, uh, Mike at worship com, And you can just email him and say, I need some help with setting up tracks and ear and in-ears and he'll, he'll, uh, he can walk you through it. There's multiple yeah. ways to get it done. So it'll be great. Okay, good. So last thing I just want to say uh, before we before we call it quits here is how do we implement tracks into our service if this is a new thing uh, for your church? And um, I've gone from no tracks to tracks in a couple of different churches. And so um, here, here's the first and most important thing. And Ben already mentioned it a few minutes ago, and that is communication with your team. Start early, communicate a lot. We're going to do this thing. Uh, here's what it means. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it sounds like. If you're not in in ears now, it's like, Hey, we're going to have to start using ears. Let's maybe even transition to that before you transition to, to clicks, you know, just get that going, do it with grace. Let them know why, give them a clearly why you're doing it. And the answer can't be, you know, just because you guys are terrible and musicians and we want to sound better. I mean, there's gotta be like a better value and reason for doing that. And uh, if you can't communicate to your team a valuable why, mm. then you probably shouldn't even do tracks. Okay. And that's a rule for anything in leadership. <laughs> if you can't say why you're doing something uh, clearly and passionately, then you shouldn't do it. Okay. Um, the second thing is give it some time while you get better at it. Like, for instance, set yourself up a three-month goal or a six-month goal that we're going we're gonna to play tracks in a service and you know, like it's say it's April right now in October, we're going to have a service where we start playing tracks. So what are we going to do between now and then 
well, we're going to let that drummer start practicing on tracks. You know, we're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to have our band practice start practicing on click tracks. We're going to, um, uh, eventually start having band practices where we add in some of these tracks and all that. And we get really comfortable with it. We don't want that first Sunday where we roll this out three months later to be where we're completely freaked out because it's the first time, like, it's just, Oh my gosh. No, we've had like five practices or 10 practices where we've played every song on track. So we know what this feels like. Um, and we got the technology down and we can, you know, we can modify along the way and stuff like that. And then the third thing that as you're implementing tracks into your service is that not every song has to be on tracks. Okay. I think it honestly feels way more authentic to, in me, to me, if you've got some, you know, you're killing some big, you know, like let's say techno EDM worship tune and you got all kinds of cool stuff going and all that. But then when it's time to just strip that back to some, you know, moment of worship or even extend some track song into just the chorus of another song or a whole nother song or repeat the chorus when the track is over with, that just kind of lets that linger, that moment, and it doesn't feel quite so... Okay, that song's over. Now we're going to start another song. Now we're going to start another song. Like literally, you could just like, hey, this week we're only going to play this one song on a track or these two songs out of four. And that's great. That's awesome. Just build it slow and uh, take your time. Don't be freaked out. Um, If it's the right thing for you, it'll come along at the pace that it needs to. But uh, I think that's pretty much all that's on my mind about that. Ben, would you add some stuff there? Yeah, no, I I definitely, everything you said there at the end, I think is, is good. I think starting slow and, you know, building up from there, if that's adding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> well, that's the goal though, man. Come on. If you can't make us the biggest rock stars, why are we doing it in the first place? Because that's the why. That's how we communicate it. Guys, we're going to become rock stars by playing underneath other people's tracks. <laughs> that's always the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, cover bands are super famous. Said no one. All right. Uh, thanks, Ben. This has been a good conversation. Hopefully helpful for uh, everybody listening. And I pray uh, that you guys, as you go through this, that you'll just uh, really know what God wants you to do for your church. Because every, you know, you got to figure that out for yourself. That's not a, every church answers this question the same way. So to track or not to track. So uh, join us again next week for the uh, Worship Leader Essentials podcast. And uh, we'll continue to hopefully give you some helpful information. And uh, we'll talk soon. God bless you. Bye-bye. <laughs>